0: goddamn right Cleveland Ohio what's up everybody
1: (laughs) what an entrance
0: my so yeah if we end up getting sued because of that then uh it's worth it because you're not technically supposed to have music like that but it's all good because the Browns want a playoff game so fuck it rules don't matter anymore laws are meaningless
1: after last weekend nothing makes sense honestly right
0: so I figured what better than to start the show with Drew Carey's Cleveland Rocks intro. Obviously, that's a song by the the band The Presidents of the United States. We'll give credit where it's due. But obviously, it was made famous by the Drew Carey Show intro. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle
1: Price. Kyle, what is up? How are you? Um, great, man. I think this is the quickest we've had a back-to-back recording since last since year. Since we first started, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But I mean, what better time to have a back-to-back recording than your Cleveland Browns? two wins away from the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, if the Browns would have lost last week, there's a good chance I probably wouldn't have even bothered reaching out to Kyle to record because, you know, who, to talk who about. gives a fuck, you know? Um, but yeah, so we'll start off with that. Obviously, the Browns won. Great. The the best all-around team game that they've played all year, in my opinion, because <clears throat> every every facet of the ball, every, every side of the ball, everything, every phase, they were the better team. Defense. Yeah, they, uh, they gave up 500 yards and four touchdowns. Ben, don't break. Four, four turnovers. That's how you do it. If right. you can even out the turnover battle and to their touchdowns, then you, you have a good chance of coming away with a victory. The Browns showed that last week. Was it scary at times? Sure. Did we have a 28-point lead in the first quarter and then only win by 11?
1: Yes. Yep. A little
0: scary, but hey, you know nothing like drama in the playoffs. Well, you
1: can't have a, a Browns game without a Browns thing going on. Yeah, and having a twenty-eight nothing lead in the first quarter, only winning by eleven—that's a typical Browns game.
0: A typical Browns game actually would have been having a twenty-point lead in the fourth quarter and then losing the, or the first quarter and then losing the game.
1: Yeah, I guess I should say doing Browns things. And they a little tried; bit. they really tried to give that game away at
0: times. Because um, again, as I said, it was an all-around team win. I'm not giving any one player credit. <clears throat> I'm not even giving any one side of the ball credit. Um defensively obviously the game started off with a turnover intercept or a a touchdown for the Browns oopsies and then Ben threw an interception on the next drive Browns were able to capitalize on every turnover and every mistake the Steelers made um that then turned the offense to get hot and Baker and the Browns had really good field position for a lot of the game however as I said not everybody was perfect. The defense gave up 500 yards to Ben, four touchdowns. The offense had a point in the second half where we could have used some really big first downs. That would have helped kill clock, would have helped make everyone feel a little more comfortable. And we would go three and out, punt, three and out, punt. We had a few a few drives that were really stale. The offense got got a little cold at one point. Um, but, like you said, Ben, but don't break. Both sides of the ball kind of worked out because the offense did that too. The offense... Had for as many bad drives as they had where they didn't do anything, they had huge drives with big, big plays. I mean, the touchdown to Jarvis Landry, it was a nice pass. I mean, what was it? A 10, 11 yard yeah, pass, something maybe? Something like that. But Jarvis you're... Landry wanted that fucking touchdown more than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Hunt, too. A couple handoffs. Dude was breaking tackles, shaking guys. Look like a look like a dominant. I mean that, that
1: cut that he made upfield into the end zone. Nuts. I didn't see that hole there. Yeah. I, I didn't. I don't think there was a hole there. No. <clears> but he <throat> no. ran he, to the outside and he cut in and he just and boom, there he is, breaks right into a ten yard into the end zone. And then fourth quarter, <clears throat> game on the line, season on the line,
0: Super Bowl chance on the line, uh, kind of. Um, Nick <laughs> Chubb catches the screen put, pass and he does all the work, breaks tackles, makes guys miss, takes it all the way to the end zone. Basically seals the game. So, again, all around great game from every side of the ball. Uh, Everyone played great. Mistake-free football for the most part, except for the defense. Had some laps at times, but I'm not even going to hold it against them because they were out there playing with, with reserves. Guys that haven't really practiced this year, haven't played much. Guys that really shouldn't be playing. They're really there for emergency
1: situations only. And they made it work. So I have no complaints. Yeah, I'm not going to give, like you said, any credit to one one player, but I'm going to give credit to Coach <clears throat> Stefanski because I honestly believe it starts from the top down. And I, he had this this team ready, prepped, ready to go. Um, I mean, I don't know, energized, whatever he yeah. did, whatever pep talk he gave before the game, they went out there and just wanted it more. <clears throat> As a disgruntled <laughs> Browns
0: fan for the last, you know, 20-plus years, when they hired Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, obviously on this show I was the first to say, you know, I need to see something. Sure. I, I went in with low expectations, underwhelmed, um, to be honest, because, again, we had Andrew Berry here when we had um, Sashi Brown. We went on to go 1-31 in, in, the, in, the, in that span. Our drafts, I'm okay with a rebuild. If you're going to tank like that, rebuild, that's fine, but get us some stud players. We were able to come away from those drafts with Corey Coleman, Miles Garrett, which was a no-brainer pick. Thank God we had the number one pick that year, because I feel like if we had number two or three... <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, there's a good chance we would have fucked that draft up. Because don't forget we then traded back into the first round to get uh Jabril Peppers and David Njoku. Peppers is no longer on the Browns, he's playing fine with the Giants, he's nothing special. David Njoku is still with the Browns and he is like maybe our third string tight end right now. So huge misses. Corey Coleman's, you know, I don't even know if he's still in the NFL. I think he's on a he's, he's not he got hurt actually. I think he was on the IR last year but either way like yeah, he he's not even a contributing player in the NFL really bad drafts under the regime with Sasha Brown and Andrew Berry so hiring Andrew Berry to now be in charge really made me skeptical of it it didn't work last time why why does this guy all of a sudden know what he's doing now <clears throat> and year 1 pretty solid draft i mean definitely still a little bit to be desired in terms of depth, but you can you can't fix everything in one off season. So I'm not going to hold that against them. We're in the playoffs. We won a playoff game first time in my history that I've been watching football for the Browns. Um, crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I know.
0: Mean... Kyle and I both went in picking the Steelers. So you know that's just again we're longtime Browns fans. What, what, what else? What do you want from me? I'm not some rose colored glasses guy that's just like we're the best team ever. We're going to win every game. I'm realistic. I, I I go in thinking okay this is the Browns. They're good. They're not great. Their first time in the playoffs, maybe a little bit to be desired with, you know, maybe the lights are a little too bright for that. Maybe, maybe they don't know how to show up in a playoff game, but they did.
1: Yeah, and you know, not to continue to to talk shit about the Steelers because I'm sure we could spend the entire episode doing that, but yeah, they're washed. Yeah, they're they are. I mean, honestly, I think like I'm, I think I texted you last night. I I think uh, or maybe I during we we're playing Call of Duty last night, but I mentioned that someone said from Pittsburgh that it's the last game they think Ben's gonna play. But that entire entire organization is just over the hill. I believe, and I don't mean that by age. I just mean that by the fact that their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I think they're going to extend but they they didn't re, re, renew the offensive coordinator's uh, contract. Tomlin either has doesn't have control of the locker room when it comes to his receiving core because my god, those dudes just don't know when to shut the fuck up. Um and then I, I just roethlisberger has gone. They don't have a quarterback to back him up. There no one's going to be Mason's not going to carry him to a, an 11 win season. I mean, maybe four wins at best. Their defense is getting older. And I don't know. I don't I don't see them being much of a challenge for the next five five years. Maybe not just saying this as a Browns fan,
0: just saying this as an overall football observer. The 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 key word to describe the Steelers overrated. Yeah. Biggest started off 11 and oh. Sure. And everyone was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, I, I remember I had people at my work and like friends and everything that were like, oh, my God, the Steelers are legit. They might go undefeated this year. Look at their schedule. And then they, I kind of watched some of their games and I'm like, you know, they're barely getting by beating people. Like they almost pissed away a bunch of leads in the, in, in, during their 11 and oh stretch. Then they go to Dallas. They played Garrett Gilbert, which Browns fans probably are the only ones in the world who knew who the fuck that guy was. Cause he, he was our practice squad player for us a couple of years ago. He, uh, he almost led the really bad Cowboys team to a victory over the Steelers. And that's when I went, okay, this Steelers seems not very good. They're just getting lucky in such, certain situations. And then uh, I think it all came to light on Sunday. I think, you know, my takeaway, like I said, with the Browns, I thought the lights would be a little too bright for them. But I think the lights were too bright for the Steelers players. Right. And a I lot of pressure put on them. Yeah. I mean, you talk all that shit. You're 11-0. and 0, You think you're the best. You got the young players very confident, but almost not even just confident. They're more so cocky. And like you said, their wide receiver core is, it's, it's, they're it's, all divas. It's like It's, Ant- it's like Antonio... Brown yeah. didn't leave. It, yeah, it's, it's like you look at it and you think, was Antonio Brown the problem? And then you realize, no, it's just it seems like the Steelers are the problem because Antonio Brown's them, doing
1: okay right now. I mean, he's yeah. playing for Tampa seems Bay. seems like he's, he's relatively level-headed. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's, still, he's still alive in the playoffs, unlike the Steelers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, and then, what, you know, after the game, you have Chase Claypool still talking shit, saying the Browns were disrespectful. And they didn't have class. If they won with class, he wouldn't talk shit. And then people are showing all these videos of Chase Claypool taunting players, talking shit during right. games after they win. He's talking and shit And then the picture of classless. Baker, Baker, who
1: went to the sideline after fist the game was him. over, and fist bumped both him and, I believe, uh, Juju, mm-hmm. saying good game. But guess what quarterback didn't have the audacity to go and shake the hands of our quarterback? That'd be the one and only Ben Roethlisberger, who well, literally I mean, sat on the bench and, and He cried. went
0: out there as a 45-year-old man, <laughs> seeing possibly the last of his NFL career, uh, beaten man, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Basically, he's the he's the full reason the Steelers lost that game. I mean, one thousand percent. Sure, and. Uh... Yeah, I think he was just saving up some energy for one more good raping, and uh, he's got to get it out of his system before he retires.
1: <laughs> well, I think what, what killed them, and and again, I don't want to harp on the Steelers more, but it is fun, though, um, is the fact that the entire week the storyline was you beat our our second-string players in the last game of the season. Yeah, and, and you we know, barely
0: beat them, so that's why I was so right. less than confident in the Browns. <clears throat> oh, we both were. I mean, I, I see the Browns win against Mason Rudolph, a team, a defense that had no, no T.J. Watt, that had no Cam Hayward. And no Joe Hayden, and we won twenty four to twenty two, and right. I went ooh, not good. And we were home, right? So I went that I, I how how are we going to go to Pittsburgh in a week and beat this team when we could barely beat most of their backups? Right. So call me crazy, but again, I think we touched on this la- in the last episode where I said I didn't I don't want to make excuses for the Browns or sound like a homer, but part of me was thinking that Stefanski called kind of a basic vanilla almost preseason style game plan in week 17 because he knew he knew we might in, be playing yeah. the Steelers next week. So you don't want to tip your hand and show them all your move, uh, all your plays and like what you're comfortable with and what's working because teams change. I mean, obviously we played the Steelers in like week six or whatever and they beat the shit out of us. I think Baker had 10 completions. What, 38 for, like, seven was it? Yeah. yeah. Baker had like 10 completions, barely had double digits. Um, I mean, we got smoked. It was embarrassing. We, we didn't even stand a chance. Obviously we had some injuries that week. Uh, Nick Chubb didn't play. And he's a huge—I mean, he's a game-changer, let's be honest. He's one of the best running backs in football. So having him in Week 17, he looked very fresh. We talked about it last week. Why'd they go away from him in the second half? We're yep. wondering what's going on. So now it's kind of looking like that may have been strategic. And it was all part of the plan because look what happened last week. They they, they gave Nick Chubb the ball plenty and, and Kareem Hunt plenty, and he, he did— they did great. I, I mean, I can't. I can't say good. Good enough things. Yeah. Some of the plays that were called
1: that were that were the plan or the, the scripted plays is coming out of the the first drive and then the coming out of the the second half. I think really tells and speaks to what you were saying is the fact that those were not plays they were pulling from in yeah. week seventeen. I mean, they they had a plan. They knew what they were doing. They ran it down their throats. They had some nice do little, what you have to do to win short passes over there. But I mean, it just. I mean, we were playing with. Are we are we had a we had a put together band-aid line and I'm sorry not to get off the tangent, but if you read the story of the storyline behind the guy we brought in from New Jersey who drove? Yeah. They paid him like thirty eight thousand dollars to drive from New Jersey to Pittsburgh. He was going over the plays in like the parking lot, like the call outs. Yeah. And he gets in there and he actually did a hell of a fucking job. Did great. And and yeah, Baker had to introduce himself Hi, to Hi, I'm him. Baker Mayfield. Nice to meet you. Yeah. In the
0: pregame locker room, like get you know, everyone getting ready, gearing up people had to go introduce themselves to this guy he had to come in and start and he did, or, or come in and play i'm sorry and he did great
1: and I, I was listening to you i joe thomas was on the uh on a morning talk show this week uh speaking i think it was ken Carmen, um and he was he was going over basically saying you know that that speaks that his play speaks volumes to jedrick willis who speaks huge volumes to joe batonio because the entire season joe was saying that i I almost guarantee every single play or every drive this year, Joe Batoni has been calling out stuff for Jedrick Willis because he's a rookie, helping him where to be at. So with him not being there, that lies on Jedrick Willis helping out this new guy calling out where he needs to be at. So that speaks volumes to the maturity of what you have in your left tackle right now and where he's growing and helping that guy out because look what he did. He didn't allow any pressures on Baker. He had a couple nice pants, and he's going against what? Cam Hayward, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean they were mixing it up. So yeah, he's
1: gonna. At times he's going against Cam Hayward. At times he might be
0: having to having to block T.J. Watt. Right. You know, there's there's no joke on that defensive line. And one thing, I mean, like you said, all the credit. If I am gonna give praise to one specific like faction of the offense or of the team in general. (laughs) It's that offensive line. Like you said, it was makeshift. We what lost... was
1: the stat you threw out this week that you, you put out in the... Pro
0: Football Focus tweeted out that the Browns were the only team, since Pro Football Focus has been doing their grading system, the only team that ranked number one in rushing off uh, rushing protection and, and uh, passing protection ever. That's, that's crazy. They're the only team that ranked first in both. Usually you have a really good run offensive line or a really good pass blocking right. run offensive line. Never great at both. I mean, good at both for sure. But Browns were the only team they said to ever ranked first in both, and that's that speaks volumes to the coaching staff, uh, to the development of these young players. For those of you at home that like to correct Kyle when he gets names wrong, sorry, Jedrick Wills. Sorry, Wills. Sorry, you said Wills a few times. And I let you finish. I didn't interrupt. (coughs) I I get excited in my thought. I'm getting better. (laughs) I get excited in my
1: thought process and keep going
0: with it. But yeah, Jedrick. Wills. yeah, so Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach. He's a he's a veteran. He's known for being good for, for really turning things around and look at what he said with this offensive line. Like you said, we have Jedrick Wills, you have Joel Batonio, who's obviously the veteran. You have JC Treader who's the veteran. You, you plug in Wyatt Teller, who's pretty young and raw. And he turned out to be one of the best, uh, arguably the best right guard in football. If he didn't have a couple injuries, I think he would have been all pro first team. Uh, And then a right tackle. Obviously the big signing was Jack Conklin, and I, I wasn't skeptical about that signing. I just kind of thought, like, eh, that's a right tackle. Like What's you know, it going to do for us? Yeah. And he was a first-team All-Pro. So shout-out <laughs> right. to Jack Conklin. And he's another one that ended up getting hurt
1: on Sunday. He had a little hammy issue. Is he, is he back? I didn't even look at the injury report. Is he back? <clears> I mean, you know what? Is, uh, I'm not positive, to be honest. I think he was did yesterday. Pr- I, know, I know he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I don't yeah, think. I
0: think yesterday he may have been limited. I don't know if they've officially given him a designation, to be honest. I haven't seen anything, or right. at least I must have overlooked it. But, uh, but yeah, shout-out to that offensive line. Uh, the plug and play guys, because you're without even your your top backups. Your number one backup, swing tackle slash interior, you know, reserve, is uh, Marcus Hubbard. He was out. Um, and then your other backup Nick interior, Harris. Nick Harris, yeah. the rookie. Yeah, he he's he's on IR also. So <clears throat> you're going with Kendall Lamb, and you're going with uh, don't even remember his name. Yep, Hans or something. Sure,
1: hence they, you say a, it. A guy named Hence, I think, yeah. those are the shirts there. Don't even, to even make. remember
0: his name. Uh. But yeah, this guy came in because I remember I'm sitting there watching it. Our buddy Dan came over and watched the game with me. And when he comes into the game, Dan even looks at me and he's like, who's that? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. (laughs) And it turns out I wasn't the only one who had no idea who he was. His own teammates had no idea who he was. So that just shows you, like you said, all the credit goes to Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Berry putting this team together, the way they can plug and play players, pick guys up off the street that can come in and contribute right away. Obviously, a lot of work still needs to be done. On the defensive side, the secondary, especially the uh, linebackers, also. But like I said,
1: Rome Rome wasn't built in a day. There's there's no rumors of our coaches being like interviewed by anybody. Is there? Like, we're going to keep this core for next year. No, I haven't heard anything. My biggest fear is like we have an amazing year, like we are, and then all of a sudden these new coaches coming in are are, start picking apart and and requesting interviews with. That's the good thing about
0: our our team, and I don't want to say this and like sound like I'm a hater or anything, but. Our offense, aside from the running game, was pretty middle of the road. And, sure, and that's you know I, I've I've said it till I was blue in the face. Baker Mayfield put up very average stats this year. Nothing nothing crazy, nothing to write home about. So that's going to then not put a lot of pressure on teams to want to interview Alex Van Pelt. You go after the top, like uh, Robert Sala from the Niners defensive coordinator. The Niners defense has been one of the best in football for a couple of years now. He gets a head coaching job. Sure, uh, Eric Bieniemy. The offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, they've had one of the most dynamic offenses in football for the last few years. He's a candidate for people.
1: Uh, the, the the Bills O.C. is a candidate Brian for the Daybol.
0: Chargers. Brian Dayball, yeah. Saw that, yeah. He, he was in Cleveland as an offensive coordinator with, with Hoyer and with Manziel, and our offense was terrible. I mean, obviously, it was talent-based also, no, but, Manziel but Brian Dayball had to go kind of restructure his career, and look at him now. He's leading the Bills to a potential AFC championship game if they win today. And he might be the head coach of the San Diego Chargers moving forward. I mean, forward. Josh Allen and, and right. I mean, it helps, but still, but yeah, I get it. But that's what I'm saying is look at like the way the players. Sure. If you have a player or an offense or defense even that plays at the at the highest level, that's when you get guys to yeah. get hired, which is
1: fine. I'd rather people not have eyes on our team. Right. Anyways. That's how I look at it.
0: Like the Browns' <laughs> offense was very middle like, of the road. If these,
1: this coach staff stays together all off season. Yeah, they have a whole, a whole a hopefully whole normal, normal nor- training hope. camp. Um, I'm 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 excited about what could be next year. Now I say that, and we're gonna come out and do like a, a five and whatever next year. But it's whatever. possible.
0: Never say never. It's but true. uh, but yeah, Joe Woods. I mean, our defense was trash all year. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with talent, not scheme, because we have been a bend but don't break defense. We've given up a shitload of yards, but we've also come up with huge turnovers in crucial times. And and last week was a testament to that. We had game kind of on the line. Pittsburgh had the ball. They were rallying. They were making a huge comeback. And Ben throws a horrible pass to Taki Taki. Was that a horrible pass by Ben? Was it a good defensive call? I don't know. We'll, well never know. Taki Taki had to go up a little
1: bit for that one, didn't he? Yeah. No.
0: Oh, yeah. He had to make yeah. a move. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Was that just a great... Was Taki Taki even in the right position? You know, I we'll, don't think he knew where he was at. We'll, we'll like, never know. He what's saw that. a ball and he We'll jumps. never know <laughs> what's going on. But the Browns defense was less than, than great. So that means Joe Woods is safe from getting any head coaching calls. And the only way a guy can take another job with a different team is if he gets a promotion. There's no other higher position than defensive coordinator unless you go to head coach. So So I think we're safe there. We're safe there. Again, the offense was mediocre. Run game was great. But, I mean, the run game was great the last couple years because of Nick Chubb. So Alex Van Pelt, I don't think, is going anywhere. I don't even think they've been requested interviews. What about the the
1: offensive line coaches who? um,
0: Bill Callahan's, like... 70 years old. Yeah, I don't think anybody's... Yeah, I, don't I think, think he's here anywhere. because he wants to work with Stefanski. Because, again, if, if he were to go somewhere else, he'd have to be promoted. So he'd have to go from offensive line co- uh, coach to possibly offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't see that. And I don't think anybody's going to hire him for that at his age. So, you know, they're going for younger people. It's a new generation of football. It's a, you know, it's offensive-based. I was reading an article the other day from Pro Football Talk, I think it was, that was kind, kind of going into if teams hire defensive-minded coaches, then... It, it, it's worked out less than ever for, for offensive minded coaches. So that's, I'm telling my jets fr- fans. I was
1: going to say, what are your, fr- are your friends up they love to the
0: Robert hire, and I'm busting their balls and I'm telling them every day. I'm like, don't like it. Defensive minded. I'm like, en- enjoy losing games like nine to six next year. Cause you're going to have a good defense, but your offense is going to suck. The jets don't have a quarterback. I think Sam Darnold's a bust. Uh, their offensive line is, is bad except for uh, the rookie Mackay Becton. He was actually pretty good at left tackle. <clears throat> they have next to no weapons um so th- they want Zach Wilson the kid out of BYU they're 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 high on him they wanted obviously Trevor w- uh, Lawrence but that that's out of the You're question gonna i think they're going to skip
1: fields and go and go after the guy from BYU they, that's who they want yeah <clears throat> they yeah. for whatever
0: reason they like him better the after the jets watching, will be the jets i guess
1: that's what i told him i'm
0: like you guys really want this guy that questionable NFL caliber player coming from BYU of all places. Yeah, I mean, he's lighting up his talent this year, but the talent he's playing is nothing close to what... And he lost to Coastal Carolina. Don't yeah. ever forget that. I only know that because my Jet fan friends, one of them, uh, he's a younger guy. He actually went to Coastal Carolina. So when they beat BYU, he was obviously fired up for that. Coastal right. Carolina was like 11-0 at one point. He was all excited. Um, but Zach Wilson lost to Coastal Carolina, who, which is known as a party school So I'm like, you really want that you think that guy's gonna come to New York and dominate the NFL with a defensive minded coach running probably a zone blocking, you know, run offense like Kyle Shanahan runs. I'm guessing they're gonna be similar because I think I think his OC is gonna be a coach from the Niners, if I'm not mistaken. He's taken one of their offensive assistants. So, you know, not to not to go on a tangent on the Jets, but like I was saying about that article, it basically showed that defensive coaches don't last very long in the NFL if they no. get hired as head coach. Because you look at Dan Quinn in, in Atlanta, Matt Patricia in Detroit, um, I can't remember his name, the dude that just got fired in Jacksonville, Doug Marone. You have all these defensive-minded guys who get shit-canned because the NFL is an offensive-based
1: thing. Yeah, you got to be putting a 40, 45 points a game.
0: And the reason they put that stat up, I don't remember their, the defensive coordinator's name, but they were talking about Sean Payton. Sean Payton's an offensive-minded coach. <laughs> their defensive coordinator in New Orleans, I can't even think of his name off the top of my head. I'm sure I would know it if I heard it, but he, uh, the, the, saints have one of the better defenses in the NFL. He got zero sniffs for head coaching position because the NFL just doesn't want defensive coaches, right? The saints have one of the, honestly, one of the better defenses in football. Nobody's even interested in the guy because they're like, well, it's the saints. They're an offensive team. People don't even think about him as a defensive team, right? The Niners on the other hand, offensively, they're a little challenged. You know what you're getting out of them. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. They made it to the Super Bowl last year. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking that away from them. But they they weren't the best team in the NFC by any stretch last year. Defensively, they were fantastic. Mm -hmm. This year, without uh, Nick Bosa, they struggled. They still had a good defense. And then that got Robert Sala hired in New York. But again, defensive coach. So we'll see what happens. Browns obviously got Kevin Stefanski. And I bring that up because I wanted Robert Sala last year. When the Browns were ahead of coaching vacancy, Robert Sala was top of my list. I think he was up there, and Josh McDaniels was too. So I was kind of in the middle. I wouldn't have minded offense or defense, but I just liked Robert Sala. I liked the toughness that he brought. But then upon seeing that stat, I think the Browns made a great move. And obviously seeing this year play out, I think it's safe to say I, the Browns
1: made a great we were move. Both, we were both not like anti-Stefansky. We were both like, eh. My thing, like fourth, I think third or fourth on the list for both of us. I yeah. think I was... I, I was I was. I think it was McDaniel's last year. We were really yeah. pushing for him, and um, I, I think it came down to like. Don't
0: get me wrong. I understand Sala, If we would have hired him, it would have been his first head coaching job. But I was also yeah. I might have even had McDaniel's as my number one because I wanted, and I might have even had Mike McCarthy up there too because oh, I wanted. We did a, I forgot about. I him. wanted a veteran coach. He's, he's worked out well. Yeah, I mean, then again, who knows? You never know with their. Uh, they fired. Mike Nolan their defensive coordinator so they're they're they know their defense sucks losing Dak who was on pace to have an MVP caliber season you never know what could have happened in Dallas so maybe next year full strength a nice off season enabled to get, you know in order to get some new defensive players there maybe the Cowboys can be a better team but yeah I agree Mike McCarthy had a very underwhelming first year in Dallas but as a Browns fan I was sick of the first year coordinator head coach guy right I was over it we had I had Chudzinski, I had fucking uh, Romeo Cornell's first head coaching job. We had uh, I can't, Freddie Kitchens last year. All these guys that just, it's so underwhelming and it's like, you know, they came from decent teams, decent offenses, first year guys. Are they flukes? And most of them have been flukes for the Browns. So yeah, I'm like a, like a, like a guy, a kid that gets beat up a lot, you know, at school. You come in, you know, maybe you're a little skittish every once in a while. That's kind of how I feel as a Browns fan. So I'm obviously happy with the Safansky hire. Couldn't be prouder of them for beating the Steelers last week. But now the the real road to the Super Bowl comes and it's not gonna be easy. The defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, hosting the Cleveland Browns tomorrow, three o'clock.
1: Almost almost twenty four hours. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure how you've been this week, but I'm I've been trying to avoid conversations with people and listening to conversations with people who are getting a little bit of confidence and it just annoys me I guess like and yeah. maybe that's just who I this who we are but at the same time when anytime I'm listening to the radio like I was listening to the afternoon show and it's like they're talking about oh well we have a we have a really good chance of possibly beating the the, the, the chiefs because of this because of that because of their defense that isn't the greatest you know they're like 19th or 20th ranked defense against the run or something and yeah. you know and all this other stuff and I'm like okay let's not let's not put the cart in front of the horse like we went into the Steelers game last week assuming we were going to lose you know we were just going to go out there and play our best we were in the playoffs we were happy let's play our yep. best now we beat the Steelers it's like oh who are the Chiefs well, well
0: <clears> <what clears> I, <throat> I I kind of touched on this last week I mentioned it and it, it was damn near spot on I said going into the Jets game Browns fans didn't even think about the Jets they were looking ahead at the Steelers because the Steelers had just lost to the Bengals right so going into the Jets game all uh, excuse me uh it's not an episode without me burping uh going into the Jets game All Browns fans and their mothers were only talking shit to the Steelers. We're coming for the division. You guys suck. You pissed away an 11-0 start. We're coming for you. You guys suck. Blah, blah, blah. We lose to the Jets. All of a sudden, it turns into, oh, shit. I really hope the Steelers bench their starters so we can win and get into the playoffs. Right. That happens. Same thing. Going into that, going into the Steelers game week 17, we knew we were playing their backups and fans were even still a little like, oh, shit. I just hope they win. As we said, we snuck by 22-24, win the game, go into the playoffs. I took that as, oh shit, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, I don't know if the Browns can beat a full Steeler team. We barely beat their most of their backups. Then we go in and beat them. And, you know, don't get me wrong, some Browns fanatics all week last week were just saying Browns are going to kick their ass, whatever. But that's just off blind love. That's not actually with any statistical backing. There's no reason behind Nothing it. Nothing says you should have that's, that much confidence. That's like me saying right now, like, the Cavaliers would sweep the Lakers in a seven-game series. And people would go, well, how? How like, many I times have you played that seven-game cause series? Because they're from Cleveland. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> like, it's just blind <clears throat> stupidity. And I, I was there before myself. Like, the 2017-2018 finals... Uh, both years, I'm not combining the two, both years we played the the Warriors with Kevin Durant. I went into both of those because the Cavs had come off a championship in 16 going, yeah, I think we can win. All, the, all this and this has to happen. This and that has to happen. I think we can do it. We went four and one, lost, and then the next year got swept. So I was a blind, stupid fan. I had nothing to back it up. I just thought we have LeBron James. We're the Cavaliers. We won a championship. We can do it again. That's kind of how Browns fans went into the Steeler game. They had nothing to back it up. It was just, oh, the Steelers suck, this and that. And I think I talked about it last week. I said, if we win, Browns fans are going to act like the Steelers are awful. But a week ago, they were kind of worried about them because yep. we barely beat them. So it's just, it's fandom, and I get it. <clears throat> and then the same goes with this week. We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been the best team in football for three years now. They are a dynasty, whether you want to admit it or not. I talked about this last year, before the Browns were even thinking about being a decent team. And I said, "The road to the Super Bowl from here on out is going to be through Patrick Mahomes."
1: I think you said Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. No, I don't two.
0: think I even said Lamar. To be honest, I, I thought you
1: were grouping them together. You said it's going to go through one of those two. We have to get through I mean, Baltimore I think I, or. I think I meant
0: <clears throat> we might have to get through Lamar for the division because I got it. okay, all right, it makes sense. He's a great regular season quarterback, right? But I don't, I don't, I don't like Lamar Jackson and think that he's. I don't, I don't really think he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback personally. Maybe I'll be wrong, but who knows? But. I know for sure Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the way of a Super Bowl for many years to come. He's a superb once in a generational talent. That team right now is insanely good. Um, So, yeah, for Browns fans to come in this cocky, when three weeks ago, we we lost to the Jets. Yep. Two weeks ago, we barely beat the Steelers in their backups. Last week, we almost pissed away a 28 to nothing lead against the Steelers, and we were helped out by four turnovers from interceptions from Ben Roethlisberger, one fumble in the end zone that was recovered by the Browns for a touchdown, beat them by 11. You take away maybe two of those interceptions, and if they don't start the game by tossing the ball into their end zone, we might not have won that game. So for Browns fans to be this cocky, it's kind of crazy to me. I get it. You're excited. Yeah. But this is what leads to heartbreak. When you go in blind like this, when you go in thinking you're the best, and they get I mean, I hope we don't get smoked tomorrow, but let's say we do, where's your confidence gonna be? Are you gonna be are these people gonna be the same ones that last week we're talking shit, all week they're running their mouth about the Chiefs, and then maybe tomorrow they're gonna start going, Oh, we gotta cut this guy, this guy's gotta go, like they're gonna be overly irritating. You're, you know
1: mean? you're gonna see all the trade Baker and oh, yeah. and Fire Stefanski stuff coming you know Let's coming say Garrett
0: and... doesn't have a sack tomorrow. It's gonna be, oh Garrett's overrated. Oh. Like, you know, crazy <laughs> shit. Worst like first that. round pick ever. Or if we give up a couple sacks, it's gonna turn into like, oh, I thought this offensive line was good. Like we're playing a Super Bowl team. Like this is a different level than the Steelers. This is a different level than than the fucking Jets a couple weeks right. ago. Like you know what I mean? This is it's, this is it's night not, and say,
1: day. It's not saying that the Chiefs are not beatable because if you look at what they're their season was. Now, some people might argue that the Chiefs didn't play, you know, their full potential every single game because yeah. there's a lot of close ones they had this year. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And some will say, you know what, that's different. It's playoffs. They put it all out there for the playoffs. I mean, you break it down by that. I mean, they they do have a beatable defense. Their defense yeah. isn't the greatest. No. But they rely heavily on their offense to just score more points than you. Yeah. Um, So you're, you're going to score on them. I don't think it's going to be a shutout by any means. I think the Browns are going to score touchdowns. They're going I think – Hunt and Chubb are going to eat. They're going to get their yards. Baker might have a touchdown or two. But the problem is, is what's your defense going to do? Yeah. Who are you going to stop? Who are you going to slow down? You know, that's where I'm going to be nervous. I'm. We're going to give up. I'm I'm. I'm seeing it right now. And I'm, I don't want to throw my prediction out, but we're at least going to give up 30 some points to these guys easily. And the other thing, too, is I think the the Chiefs
0: game plan, and, and it's a smart one. I think we can all see it. They're going to score quick. That's just what they do. They're they're good offense, and and we saw last week Ben Roethlisberger drove the Steelers down to multiple touchdown drives within minutes, within like yeah, less than two minute drives, like the three play eighty yard drives, touchdown, quick, quick shit. That's with Ben Roethlisberger, who we all agree is aging, who's not as good as he once was. That's not the Chiefs. The Chiefs are way more dynamic. So if we we're giving up one and a half minute touchdowns to the Steelers, imagine what the Chiefs can do. But with that being said, I think that's the Chiefs' strategy. It's going to be get in there, score quick, make the Browns have to play catch-up with you, and that's going to take the ball out of out of Chubb and Hunt's hands. And that's I think that's their game plan. And I said it all along, and I don't want to sound like – I hate that I have to say this every week, but it's just realistic. <laughs> you have to,
1: you've had to say it every week this entire season. I really
0: have. Not to sound like a Baker hater, I think if you take away the run game, the Browns, I don't think with Baker Mayfield just leading the charge only – I don't think we can beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and it's not a not a knock on Baker. I also just think it's a it's a talent thing on offense. I don't think Landry, Higgins, and Donovan Peoples Jones are the same caliber of Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, and Travis Kelsey and Le'Veon Bell even catching stuff out of the backfield for the Chiefs. I don't think our offense is even close to that caliber. So that's that's all I'm saying. It's not a knock on Baker. It's just I've always said if you take away the run, the play action, that's what we're great at. That's going to that's gonna hurt our offense. That's all I'm saying. Not a knock on Baker. I don't want to hear it from people.
1: You should just get tattooed on you. Not a knock on Baker because you say it all the fuck.
0: Because, time. you know, that's the other thing, too, is like last week, Baker had a good game against the Steelers. How
1: many people came at you last week? I didn't even ask Actually, you. Actually,
0: not many, no. to be honest, because I think they also understood that, like, Baker had a good game, but he didn't do anything, like, amazing. He, as I said to start it off, the the, the touchdown to Jarvis Landry was like a 10-yard slant. Yep. Jarvis Landry did all the work. The touchdown to, to Nick Chubb was a a screenplay, and Nick Chubb did all the work. So Baker Mayfield's three touchdowns. I even think the touchdown to Austin Hooper, he was wide open. So...
1: I mean, those are just easy. He should have had a second touch on the Hooper right off his chest. Yeah. Fucking well,
0: no, because that's the other thing, too. People tried to bitch about Hooper. And, and you know, it was another... Well,
1: the guy was in front of him. Are you talking about the, the The ball got tipped. Yeah, I get it. But it still hit him in the chest.
0: Yeah. But it, at full speed NFL, when a ball's coming right. at you and it I gets get tipped, it. that deflection, no one has the reflexes to sure. catch that. He's his hands are right here for the ball. And then a split second, it's down like it's right. lower. No one catches that sure. in the NFL. That's that's a tough ball in in, in slow motion and on a replay. That was one of the arguments people were saying. They were they were bitching about how Hooper dropped that. And I was like, well, it's not it's not considered a drop by the NFL right. because the ball got tipped. It changed its its movement. Trajectory. So, yeah, there's nothing Hooper really could have done. I don't but what, blame what him What did
1: that. Baker do last week? He managed the ball. He didn't turn it over. He got the ball the, down the field when he Kareem needed Hunt to. Kareem Hunt got multiple touchdowns
0: on yep. the ground. A run game was established. Our yep. play action was working. And, again, Baker made easy, smart throws the 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 weapons did the rest yeah. they did the work which is great I'm not knocking anybody for that it's just Baker's not Patrick Mahomes and I understand that I'm not saying he needs to be but I just want Browns fans to understand that he's not Patrick Mahomes because they put him on that same pedestal and that's where I get into arguments with people is that people act like Baker's the second coming of some great quarterback he's a he's a good quarterback sure. But that's that's kind of it right now. He hasn't shown me that next level of, oh shit, he's gonna go out there and fucking take a game over. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done that yet, mm-hmm.
1: not once in his career. Well, he did against Tennessee and Cincinnati. He kind of went out there and even then, uh,
0: Tennessee, the, the the Bengals game, he started off with an interception
1: right off uh, the rip. It's, it's all right, from there though, put
0: us in say. a hole. Then yeah, then he did it. But again. You're playing the Bengals, who had the number one pick last <laughs> well, I'm just saying year, so they're, they're does, not known for being good. He, he
1: took over in the, and the Titans And
0: <laughs> the Titans, he only had a good half, because remember, we almost uh, pissed that game away, too, because okay. we couldn't move the ball in the second half, which that's on Baker also. Yeah, if yeah. he gets credit for the first half, he gets blamed for the second <laughs> half when we almost blew that game.
1: He also fumbled the ball in a costly situation against the Titans. It slipped. Yeah. It slipped right to the <laughs> Titans. Um back to the point that you were talking about with the, the the wide receivers. The good thing for the Browns this week is we do get back a lot of people. Yeah, we're getting like Denzel Wards back. Johnson's we're getting back. Kevin Johnson back.
0: Um we also obviously Joel I, Batonio. We
1: also who's we get someone else back on defense too, I thought. I know Ward and Johnson. I thought there was somebody else that was out that we're getting back. Um Goodson was it? Goodson, Goodson was played one? last week. He uh, he uh, he,
0: week. he got a little banged up, but I think he's going to be good to go on Sun uh, tomorrow.
1: But if I'm not mistaken, aside from I think I text you, aside from IR, we have everybody back yeah. for the first time in a while because yeah. no COVID issues at all. Yeah, we week. have
0: no more COVID issues. Everyone's back on the roster. Um, the only issues again, like you said, with 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 IR, still no Olivier Vernon because obviously he tore his Achilles. He's done for the yeah. year. Um, My only concern, honestly, is that's really the only key piece that I can think of that's missing. And then obviously, like
1: Beckham, but right, is seeing how Garrett has been since being with COVID. Now you have Ward coming back. And he his his assignment's going to be the fastest guy in the NFL. Yeah. How how are we going to how is he going to slow down now? I, if anybody can you do don't. it, I mean, you're going to slow him out a little bit off the line, maybe, or maybe jam him a little bit off the line, and maybe get inside of him if he does slants. But if he has to break through and does like a double move like he normally does, you're not keeping up with that guy. And that's my biggest thing is you, you need help over the top. Our and, key to success against the
0: Chiefs is pressure on Mahomes. And even with that, I'm not that confident that we can win, but you have to get pressure on Mahomes because the Chiefs are huge advocates of big plays like you said with Tyreek Hill no one can catch up with that guy you can't keep up with him he's he's a burner um but the only thing you can try to do is not let those plays develop. So if we can get huge pressure on Mahomes to where he has to get rid of the ball a little quicker than he wants to, that's where you can hopefully have him make mistakes. But the guy doesn't make very many mistakes. So a, a
1: defensive coordinator who doesn't draw up a lot of blitzes,
0: you think he's coming out heavy this week with blitzes? No, I wouldn't blitz because then you're going to leave guys wide open. They're going to dink and dunk you like crazy. Yeah. And that's where you're going to really get screwed. My thing is just, it, it, it literally boils down to the four off the four defensive linemen. We need Garrett, we need Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, and Porter Gustin to... I mean, and Adrian Claiborne even, too. We need these guys to get tons of pressure Claiborne on Mahomes. They played pretty
1: well last week. They did. and I mean, I mean Claiborne did pretty well. But that's the too. difference
0: is going against Ben Roethlisberger, who's kind of a statue in the pocket nowadays, opposed to Mahomes, who can right. scramble. Sure. He can run. He can throw fucking behind the back, backwards, eyes closed, passes. It's insane. And I, I talked about this last week. I, I was looking forward to next year because I didn't think the Browns were going to get this far. We were going to see the Browns versus Chiefs for the first time with Patrick Mahomes. We've we've yet to play them. I thought we played them last year. No, we played the Chiefs last year. We did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm pretty positive. Go ahead, keep talking. Maybe we did. Stuff. I don't remember. Um, 2018 Browns.
0: Like, I guess that shows how much I paid attention to the Freddie kitchens year. It's okay. But I was looking forward to you know Chiefs Browns Baker Mayfield Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they did play. I must have. Yeah, been...
1: they did. 37 21 that they beat us.
0: Okay, well that makes sense then. I probably erased that from my memory.
1: Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 23 or 32, 375, three touchdowns and an interception. Okay. So yeah. All right. I take that back. I guess we have played them. Uh, Kareem Hunt scored two touchdowns against us that year.
0: What week was it? Does it happen to say if, uh, if you can't find it, it's no big deal.
1: Uh, week 10.
0: Huh? Honestly, completely out of my memory. Well, either way, um, I guess I was wrong there, but Browns versus Chiefs, Patrick Holmes, Baker Mayfield. This is the start of the potential feud, does this become the Tom Brady Peyton Manning caliber rivalry? Be kind of cool, probably not, it? because I don't want to put, I don't want to say Baker yeah, Mayfield in the same kind of sentence as them. But, <laughs> but I mean, I I said it last year, and that's just what I meant is like you have, you're going through the Chiefs to get to a Super Bowl from, for probably the
1: next five to 10 years, arguably. Another, another thing too that is somewhat slighted towards Brown's favor is that the offensive line for the Chiefs is damaged. Yeah. I mean, my guy Mitchell
0: Schwartz still out with his back issue. He's arguably one of the best right tackles in football. He probably would have been an all pro this year too, if he didn't yeah. get hurt, but Conklin got it. Cause I, you know, Mitchell Schwartz is a great right tackle. I was a huge fan of him when we drafted him. Um,
1: but yeah, their offensive line is a little banged up. So there's ch- <clears throat> chances is what I'm saying. There's chances for it to swing our way. Sure. But there's a lot of chances for it to not go our way. So. Yeah. We need
0: almost that perfect day like we got last week. We need the game to start off with a huge turnover. We need multiple interceptions or fumbles. We need to create havoc, cause turnovers. If we go into this game and we don't create turnovers from them, I don't think we stand a chance. We're not stopping them and making them punt. So the only way we're not letting them score is if we make them turn the ball over. I also don't think we're going to be able to stop them and hold them to field goals. It's going to be a tough game tomorrow, you know. Shout out to Browns fans that are overly confident. And to get back to what you were saying about that, about how Browns fans were saying some shit, I have a couple things here I want to read for you. So a guy on Twitter, I don't know who he is. He's a verified account. Um,
1: they hand those out like, like fucking cookies. He's a writer
0: from California. I think he's a Browns fan. Scott Shep, J. Scott Shep is his Twitter name. I don't know who he is. No idea. Somebody retweeted him in my timeline. That's the only reason I saw this. And he put, the Browns dropped 41 42 and 48 on the Titans, Ravens, Steelers down the stretch. All playoff teams, all better defenses than the Chiefs. Me, as a psychopath, googled it right away. No fucking way are the Titans better defense than any of them. <laughs> so I look it all up right away. I, t- I tweet him back. I put Titans defense is ranked 24th overall. The Chiefs are 11. How are the Titans better? And I said passing defense alone, Chiefs are 14th. Titans are 29th. And uh, the guy was nice enough to respond, and he put valid. Forgot how overrated they are. I was living on reputation alone. So he just went in there, and that's an argument that I got in with people about the he Titans. He got two of the three right, at least. I mean, Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Steelers and Ravens have, have good defenses, but but they also give up a lot of points and right. a lot of yards. Their, their defense is good because a stat that actually got broken last week, the Steelers went, I think, like 70-something games consecutive with a sack. Now that's going to have an asterisk next to it, and it's going to have to say regular season only because last week they didn't touch Baker Mayfield. Zero sacks. So that was awesome for the offensive line. A huge testament to them. Uh, Kudos. DJ Watt didn't do shit last week. I actually was like joke shit talking with a Steeler fan yesterday or like this week. Um, Was it really a joke though? I mean, well, I'm sure you saw that Kareem Hunt signed that helmet. And he put, like, Browns as the Browns oh, or something. Uh, or he put Corvette, Corvette. I think, I, I, think Corvette. I saw your back and forth with somebody So somebody Facebook, posted yeah. that on this memorabilia Facebook group. And Steeler fans were talking shit. And this guy's like, huh, the nice inscription. At least Steelers can write Super Bowl on theirs. And I said, the only guy on your fucking team that can write Super Bowl is Ben Roethlisberger. And he sucks. And he's retiring. So I'm like, you can keep that Super Bowl shit to yourself. You haven't won one since 2009. Not one player on your roster has a Steelers Super Bowl ring except for Ben. So we go back and forth a little bit, and the guy's just like, "Do you think you're gonna beat the Chiefs?" And I'm like, well, "I'm not saying that. When did I when did I have that confidence?" I'm like, "They have to play a game on Sunday." I'm like, "You know what team isn't playing Sunday? The Steelers." And I was just roasting this guy, and then, uh, but towards the end there, he uh, I forgot what he said. He said something stupid about uh, fuck, I don't even remember. Maybe it was a different guy that I was getting into an argument with, but we were just bitching about that and like. I said something about, I'd be, I said, you're not thinking straight. And I wouldn't either. If the only Watt brother, to show up was Derek on Sunday. Yeah. he got that first. And he really didn't have a whole, (laughs) he didn't really have a whole lot to say after I told him that, because you know, you got TJ Watt who could potentially be the defensive player of the year. And the guy didn't do shit last week. I think he had like three tackles, one tackle for a loss. And that's about it. No sacks for the entire defense. Again, huge, huge testament to the offensive line and the coaching. Um, But yeah, so that's going to be the thing this week. Got to do the same thing. You got to protect Baker. We can't turn it over. You can't give them extra possessions. You have to try to make them turn it over, which isn't easy because they don't do it often. Right. The Titan- the Chiefs don't turn it over. Patrick Mahomes hardly throws interceptions. Um, so it's not going to be easy. I am not going into this super confident. Um, I just think this is the, you know, the end of the line for the Browns. They had a good run this year. I think that they were a good team. Not great. They have a lot of work to do. And in the offseason, you take those necessary steps. But I think this, obviously, getting your first playoff win is a good start. Uh, so I guess we could do our Browns prediction early. We won't do the rest <laughs> of them. We'll go over it. But I figure we've talked about it enough. And I think people are pretty, it's pretty clear which direction we're going. Obviously, without further ado, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs to win That's tomorrow, unfortunately. I didn't
1: see that coming. Yeah, right. Um, what's your score predict, though?
0: Our defense is pretty bad, but it's the playoffs. I don't even know what the weather's going to be, so I'm not even going to look it up. I'm going to go on blind guessing here. I'm going to actually say it's not going to be as bad as we think. I'm going to go 34 to 24.
1: So you're giving the 10 point? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs as well. I honestly think they're going to drop like 30-some plus. I'm going to go 30. No, I'm going to go 40. 40, 40, 27, Chiefs. See, I think that they're going to have a little respect since it's not like college.
0: It's not a rivalry. Uh, I think they'll get well, off the to... the last
1: time Patrick had this kind of a high hyped-up game, Baker didn't lay off the pedal. He, yeah. he throttled him in college. Yeah, so maybe in college. that's in the back of his mind that yeah. Patrick wants to go for it. Yeah,
0: but I think at the end of the day, Andy Reid's going to call the game. And I, I think, with that being said, they're going to have the 34-24. I could see it being like 34-17 to 17 at one point in the fourth quarter. Like I think it's not going to really be that close of a game. So the 10-point is actually closer than it might really be. To be honest, I'm kind of being generous with the Browns because I hate to say it. I think the Browns are going to have some issues moving the ball on, on offense tomorrow. I just think that, you know,
1: 38 degrees and sunny tomorrow.
0: OK, so it's not going to be, you know, it should be OK. It's the middle of the day. Yep. Um, But again, I just think, I th- again, the Chiefs defense isn't that great, but I do think that they can get to the ball. They swarm their secondary, uh, the honey badger. He, he gets to the ball more than anybody I've ever seen. He's so fucking quick and uh, athletic. Frank Clark, great defensive lineman. They've got just an overall good team. Um, They've got
1: people in places where they need to be, kind of like the Browns. They have people in places where they need to
0: be. I I always say this because look look at the Ravens' prime example. A regular season team is not the same as a playoff team. Yeah, You know what I mean, if that makes sense? The, the Ravens last year, best team in football, Lamar Jackson MVP, goes to the playoffs two years in a row, gets shut out. Even last week against the Titans, he had an okay game.
1: I was so hoping he's going to lose. I did
0: too. But, I mean, he started off with an interception. The only way that the, 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 the Ravens can win is when Lamar Jackson plays or when he's a running back. And that's what he had to do last week. He had like a 50-yard touchdown run. He ran the ball a ton. The Titans defense, as we just went over, wasn't very good this year. A lot of people just thought that they're good because they have Mike Vrabel as a head coach, and they had a good defense last year. This year, it wasn't good, so they weren't able to stop Lamar Jackson. He was able to, you know, they barely won, don't get me wrong, but they were able to win that game. So that's kind of what I'm getting at here with the Browns and, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense in the regular season, not that great. Right. Playoff defense could be a different story. Our defense stayed the same. It wasn't good in the regular season. It was not very good last week either. We had those four turnovers, but most of them were just bad plays by Ben and and the Steelers as a whole. It wasn't great plays by the Browns. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Now, are you going to uh, are you going to do the same thing you did last week when watching the game? Like, in my mind, I'm like... I gotta like, the, superstition-wise? I got I to wear the same shirt I no, wore last week. No, I thought week.
0: about that because, like I said, uh, our buddy our buddy Dan was <laughs> over, and when the game ended, my wife was like... You got to come over next like, week. She's like, all right, yeah, she's like, Justin's probably going to tell you you got to come over. And I'm like, no, if we were playing the Bills or Ravens, I probably would, but I think the Chiefs are just another caliber yeah. team, so I just said,
1: I think you're safe next week. Let's let's roll the dice and look forward now. For some reason, we, we were to beat the Chiefs on Sunday, right? Yeah. some reason. I like our chances in the next round more than 100%. And if, if by some miracle, we were to get Baltimore in the AFC championship game. I honestly am looking forward to a Super Bowl possibly at that point. And again, I'm just being a typical Browns fan being excited here. I don't think we lose to that team three times in one season. I, I would hope. I would hope too. But at the same time, it's, it's tough to say. And
0: even the bills, like I think we could match up pretty well against the bills, but that one would also be interesting because I've never seen our defense play against this Bills team. I hate rooting against
1: the Bills. I like the Bills. I do
0: too. And that's that's yeah. my thing, though, is like matchup wise. Like I yeah. think we would almost match up better against the Bills. Um, you got Ward on Stephon Diggs. You got the. D- their, their offensive line's not that great. They don't run the ball a ton. Right. It's Josh Allen. It's the Josh Allen show in, right. in, in Buffalo. I think we could put a little more pressure on him. We have the bigger defensive linemen that could kind of take him down. Um, the Ravens, obviously, they give us fits. Yeah. For whatever reason, we have trouble against the Ravens. Right. Even a lot of people, you look at that Monday night game. And yeah, we almost won. It was a close nail-biting game, but Lamar Jackson missed a quarter. Hit he a was smoking us. Yeah, he had to go take a big dump. <laughs> but imagine if Lamar Jackson played the whole game. I don't think it's a one-possession game like it, it looked on paper. I think we get blown out, kind of, because we couldn't stop Lamar Jackson. He set he set a rushing record that game against right. us as a quarterback. Insane. And that's only in, in basically three quarters he did that. So I think in a full 48-minute game, or I'm sorry, 60-minute game, um, I, I, I don't... personally I haven't seen it yet a reason to believe we can beat the Ravens right except for the fluke last year I know we we beat them last year but it was weird because again they were the best team in football and we beat them early in the season kicked their ass really and we never looked the same after that game yeah so it's hard to say I think that was kind of more so a fluke but right now I don't think the Browns have an answer for the for the Ravens offense so I personally don't want to have to go to Baltimore uh and play them right well
1: it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking ahead. That's I huge wishful thinking. It. I mean, I mean, yeah. It'd be great. We're already looking past we'll the Chiefs. We, we both great. pick them to, lo- to the Bronx wow, to lose. I know, That's but I'm, just, I'm thinking ahead. I'm like thinking, you know. This don't was- get me wrong. Anything can happen.
0: Any given oh, sure. Sunday. I mean, Patrick Mahomes could get his knee blown out in the first play.
1: Do you want to run down the rest of the games that are going on? And yeah, sure. So today look, we start off with do, do the— look like a quick pick and then what you're looking forward to in that game kind of thing?
0: Yeah, sure. So we have the Packers and the Rams in Green Bay today. Yep. This one I am fucking more than excited for because you have the number one offense in football against the number one defense in oh, football. Yeah. And surprising stat, Aaron Rodgers against the number one ranked defense is one in four. I think they said the record really? is. He's one in four. You have Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, going against Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in football. That's what
1: I'm looking for. Who is to known watching.
0: to shut people down. So it's going to be a shit show. It's in Green Bay, if you can, if you have yeah, a second, look it. up the weather. I would love to see what oh, that's sure. going to be like in Lambeau today. Um Who's your pick? I'm going Packers because I think I picked them early in the season. I think I had Packers Saints in the NFC Championship with the Saints going to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I think was my early season pick. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, that's all kind of looking like it's going to line up properly. The stars have aligned for my picks.
1: 35 degrees, no. Okay,
0: so it's going to be a pretty pretty mild, you know, average day. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. I just think at the end of the day, the better offense is going to come too. And I just, I, I don't like Jared Goff as a quarterback. I don't like the Rams offense. I don't know that they'll be able to. Do what they did to the Seahawks to Aaron Rodgers, if right, that makes sense right. on, on defense. I think they do have a great defense. I don't think it's going to be a, a shootout. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I just think the Packers are going to prevail because they're the home team. You have the better quarterback. What's your, 99- it's your MVP pick right there? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I usually I side with the better quarterback. I I put more, I put more at stake or more invested. I'm sorry into into the quarterbacks than any other position on the field. And that's kind of the same thing with the Browns and Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the better quarterback on the field. I'm picking the the, the Chiefs, Packers, Rams by a, by miles. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback, so I'm going to go with him.
1: Cool, uh, me too. I'm, I I think the Packers will win, but I, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm Especially very J, excited. Jalen Ramsey, and I'm Devante so Adam, excited to be for that. a hell of a matchup right there. I'm curious if he can keep his streak of shutting all the top receivers down. It's not going to be easy. He has ridiculous stats. He does. It's crazy.
0: Devonte Adams is a freak of nature. So oh, that's what I'm really excited for. It's
1: going to be fun. Um, next game tonight, uh, actually, I'm looking forward to this game as well. I mean, just a lot of good matchups. Bills-Ravens. Yeah, Bills-Ravens. At Bills.
0: In Buffalo, potentially, you know, like Kyle said, if the Browns can squeak away a victory tomorrow, potentially the Browns could be facing one of these teams. So, obviously, Browns fans should be watching this game and get invested into it because, I mean, it, it's the playoffs, so obviously you should be watching anyway. But... Uh, I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think it's Buffalo's year. I think they they figured it out with Josh Allen, and I, I am the first to eat crow on that. I thought Josh Allen was going to suck coming out of college. I was kind of right for the first two years because his completion percentage was terrible. He turned the ball over like a motherfucker. He looked like, a, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good comparison quarterback for him. I can't even think of one. He kind of reminded me of like almost like a Jameis Winston. Like he's going to go out there and put up some stats, but they're not going to be a very good team. He's going to turn it over a ton. So he's going to be fun to watch, but he's not a franchise quarterback, and I think in 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 this offseason, whatever the fuck he did, he raised his completion percentage by 10%. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with his mechanics, footwork, accuracy, timing, all these things, they all they all come together. So shout out to the Bills for coaching up Josh Allen in his third year and making him an MVP candidate. So I'm going to stick with that. I also think Buffalo's defense is much better than the Titans, and I think that they're going to have a better way to shut down the uh, Lamar Jackson show. And I also just think the Bills offense is so much better than the Titans that their Bills are gonna be able to score a little bit more and easier. The 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 Ravens shut down Derrick Henry last week, and when you shut down Derrick Henry, that basically takes away the Titans offense because yeah, like they're
1: forty yards, I think they say, they're a yeah, play action crazy.
0: heavy team. Uh because Ryan Tannehill, you know, lives off of Derrick Henry and vice versa. So you shut down that, you're done. If you shut down uh what's his name? Devin Singletary. The, the bills I, running I think back hurt I he... that's zach moss zach moss zach is the one moss is someone yeah the okay, he sorry. like broke his ankle or whatever he's out for the year um but yeah if you shut down singletary singletary's not a, they don't run the ball a ton in buffalo no so they're gonna they're gonna screenplay you to death with singletary josh allen's gonna run a lot and josh allen's a harder guy to bring down than anybody else that they've ever faced so again sticking with the home team i'm gonna go with buffalo and that also boils down to i'm picking the better quarterback some people may say but justin Lamar Jackson has an MVP. How are you going to say Josh Allen's the better quarterback? And that's because I have two fucking eyes and I understand the game of football. Lamar Jackson's not a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson's a better running back than Josh Allen. I'll give him that. But in probably, terms of... Probably a top 10 running back in the league. In <laughs> terms of quarterbacks, Stephon Diggs is arguably, you know, him and Devontae Adams are up there one and two for best wide receiver in the league. I'm putting my money on the bills. I
1: didn't see Stephon Diggs coming into the into Buffalo and doing what he's doing and be and being such a team player because you the storyline in Minnesota was... He's a cancer. He's a, cancer. a, troub- he's a troublemaker. troublemaker. Get rid of he, him. He's
0: the, he's the problem in Minnesota. And they get rid of him. I mean, it worked out. Justin Jefferson's replacing him. They went younger. They went you sure. know, almost better talent. But at, you see there's no early. issues in no, Buffalo none. with him. Nothing. And him
1: and Josh Allen, I think, are best friends.
0: And you know what? That could also be a testament to some people just need a change of scenery. Maybe he actually was an issue sure. in Minnesota because there were a lot of behind-the-scene things. I mean, you saw Adam Thielen with all his quotes last right, year. Right. So it seemed like where there's smoke, there is fire. But maybe going to Buffalo was just him like, you know what? He has bad blood with some people in Minnesota. It's time for a fresh start. Yeah, It's like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a cancer with uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. He goes to the Raiders. He's a cancer there. Fucks them up. And then he's out of football for a little bit. Goes to Tampa Bay. You haven't heard a peep. Nope. And I think that has a lot to do with change of scenery. If you get the right coach, the right teammates, Tom Brady, I'm sure, took, as they said, he took Antonio Brown under his wing. He lived with him for a little bit. I mean, what better than that? And that's what happened with right. Diggs and Allen. I think right. those two got close. Josh Allen's kind of guiding Stefan Diggs of like, hey, this is bigger than all of us. We want championships. Let's stay
1: focused. Yeah, and it's working. Yeah. So hell of a season for him. I mean, he's. I think he had the most catches this entire year. Yeah, I right? think he had
0: the most yards for a wide receiver. Yeah. Because Kelsey was right behind him for receiving yards, and he had the, he broke the tight end receiving yard record. Kelsey did, which is another we but didn't. He, even, he
1: was the first to hundred receptions this year, I believe. That I think so. Yeah, yeah. but Man, we didn't even
0: so. talk about Kelsey. We have our linebackers are going to talk about Kelsey. Well, we have nobody yeah, to yeah, stop yeah, him. So that, that remember, w- remember that name because you're going to hear it a lot tomorrow, I, I just I think.
1: hope he takes pity on his uh, his hometown. He will after game. the game. Yeah. <laughs> um and the final game is the History Channel uh game between yes. uh, Tom Brady and uh Drew. Brees. Yeah,
0: we have uh Colonel Mustard taking on <laughs> it's like God it's, damn. we have the Civil War going on in New Orleans. Do the Saints go 3 and 0 against the Tampa Bay the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Tampa as they Bay. call them with uh Tom Brady. It's tough because obviously playoff Tom Brady is a different caliber, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost lost last week to Tyler Heineke and the Washington unnamed football team. So at home, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have struggled this year. There were some weird stats that I read that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were only like one in six or something like that against plus 500 teams this year. And that one win was against the Packers in like week three. I think we talked about that last week. Um, But with that being said, I'm sticking with the Saints. They were my pick for the Super Bowl this year, so I'm not changing anything. Uh, I do think that the Saints defensively have a great team. Marshawn Lattimore is known to shut down Mike Evans. That's going to be huge. He's also hurt Mike Evans. So he's playing at maybe 50% at best. You have him lined up against Marshawn Lattimore, who's been known to shut him down even when he's fully healthy. You have the underrated Saints defense. You have uh, Michael Thomas back. You have Alvin Kamara back after being out for a couple of weeks with COVID and all that bullshit. Or uh, well, he played last week, he but played last week. he had a couple of played through, last week too. Yeah. But I mean like they're, they're fresher. Right, got it, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sticking with the saints. I'm going to go with the home
1: team again there. I'm going with the other old guy. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with the Tom. Okay. Bay, we got our first Bacanators. mix up. I'll have to write these down because yeah. we actually have a difference. I think, uh, I think the bucks take this one. I, I just think that a Tom Brady playoff, Tom Brady is a different Tom Brady. Um, that was my cat. Could have done without that. <laughs> little idiot. Um, I, I think that uh, Tom Brady in playoffs is a, a different breed. Um, and plus, I think he has this small chip on his shoulder that he wants to be. He wants to get back to the Super Bowl so he can do a giant fuck you to the uh, the New England Patriots. Um, but at the same time, I don't, it's going to be a good game either way. I, I think the offense are going to score. I think Mike Evans being hurt is more of a decoy anyways. Because I think Antonio Brown is kind of on fire a little bit the last couple of games. A little bit. Uh, so but I, again. I'm curious to see what happens. Not against
0: uh, the Saints defense in New Orleans, so I'm, I'm excited for the game. Uh, I, I, I
1: think is as, that a joke? I mean, are they, are they, I know they've been casting these games on different channels. Are they? They're not really putting it on the History Channel because I no, no, I no. Did, that I was, didn't look so far into it. I thought somebody the whole Nickelodeon somebody made that week. meme
0: because. Uh, they were talking about how it's like the two oldest quarterbacks. Right, Somebody but, I mean, joked.
1: the fact that I didn't think Nickelodeon was true too last no week. No, that I, I
0: knew that was real. I didn't
1: know that was real because I didn't. I mean, I only watch it on CBS and yeah. whatever. But when I saw that it was, and that's why I showed you those videos. I'm like, is this a fucking joke? And like, I didn't, didn't watch did it, that. but I,
0: I told my wife that, and because we we were talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, they're they're actually playing playoff games on
1: Nickelodeon, and like, like they have young Sheldon coming on, telling people what a whole free is. freeform was the other channel, which used to be ABC, ABC Family, I think. So someone did tell me they had freeform because they had like um they had like a uh, uh, like a Zoom meeting going on on like half the screen, and then the other half was to like, explain what's happening. Yeah, well, no, just people talking. Oh, okay. Well, that wouldn't know. That's the annoying. I wouldn't watch that. Right, like, exactly. But I, is that supposed to get other audiences in? Like, are you bringing the maybe. kids in? Are you bringing the women in now? Because well,
0: what I thought when I was telling my no wife, no offense and, to women, by the way, I sorry. don't have kids, and so I can't speak on what they what their attention spans are. But I just assumed okay, they're putting it on Nickelodeon, and that's because if a kid turns it on on Saturday expecting cartoons, sees a football game, maybe he leaves it for a little bit. I didn't know they were doing the fucking young Sheldon explaining it, which is yeah. actually smart because maybe a kid's watching it going, what happened? And he's explaining what happened. That's what kind of smart. Is,
1: inter- what a holding is, what a you know, pass interference Yeah, that's, is that's actually,
0: in my opinion, that's smart because I looked at it as just, they're just hoping a kid turns it on and leaves it. And right. my wife's like, do you not know kids and their attention spans? Like a kid's going to look at that for a second and go, all right, back to my tablet or whatever. Right. But if they're explaining it, maybe the kid is going to look. Right. I hate to say it, football's a violent sport. Kids like watching that shit. At least boys, they like watching like cars. Watch a kid play with his fucking toy cars. They're smashing them together, probably. Sure. Like that's what kids do. When you watch grown men crushing into each other in football, you're gonna look up and go, "Oh shit, that was kind of cool." Looks fun. Yeah. So, I think if any sport's gonna catch the attention of a child, it would be football, way more than basketball or baseball. So, I think it was smart by the NFL to try to get a little new, a little fresh blood into their audience.
1: It was a change. I mean, just because I think at the end of the game they had an interview with one of the Saints players. And I'm pretty positive, like a Nickelodeon person was standing behind a stand with had like a bucket of like the, oh, the, the slime ruse. shit that they use, and or whatever. The, and, and the Saints is like, oh no, mm, yeah, no. And when he, he ended the interview and walked away, yeah, nobody wants to get slimed. No, done. no one's slimed. after a yeah, win, exactly.
0: But I mean, it was smart. You're trying to get new audience, and that's that's a good way to do it. I mean, it's it's a, it's worth worth a shot. Roll right. the dice and see what happens. Um, you picked Buffalo, right? I wrote it all took, down. Yeah, okay, sorry, I took Buffalo. Okay, I, yeah. All right, so that's uh that's the. NFL wrap up this week. Uh, Another quick thing. Obviously, Ohio State got smoked. I think Kyle and I both picked Alabama that week or in that game. We both picked Alabama, just the better team uh, the first quarter. Boy, was that a cock tease? Because I kind of thought, "Whoa, Ohio State's in this. Like, we actually might have a chance. This is a back and forth game."
1: And then, and then the
0: wheels fell that. off in Ohio State. I mean, Zach Day had no answer for for the Alabama offense. That Smith dude from uh, yeah, never, D- I
1: don't, I don't think he's going to be an NFL receiver because you he's know that's way my too thing too. Tiny.
0: He is so fucking skinny. Like, yeah. I can't. That guy's not going to go over the middle of the field.
1: One player, one he's going to get broken. Or him, in half. one linebacker hits him and he's done.
0: He can control the sidelines, the boundaries, sure, because he has great footwork, great hands. But yeah, if you have to run over the middle of the field, or if a safety, an NFL safety or NFL linebacker, fucking clocks that dude, yeah, oof, yeah. it's gonna be it's like breaking a toothpick. He's yeah, so. I mean, scary. he had
1: like what two hundred and some yards. He had what? Yeah, three I mean, touchdowns it's he had, by halftime. Like it was ridiculous. No answer. Ridiculous. For no answer nobody could stop order. that
0: guy, and that was a sad thing too. Is you got a guy like Sean Wade, who, uh, it, it last year probably would have would have been a top ten pick, maybe you know just first round, uh. He was going to sit out this year because of the COVID just to focus on his NFL career, decided to play. And unfortunately, I never saw a guy cost himself so much money than Sean Wade. I mean, he played horribly this entire season, if I'm being honest. Uh, before the Alabama game, he was all cocky and they're like, who are you going to guard? He's like, obviously the best player. I'm going to cover Smith. And he went out there and, and got lit up. Smith set records that we've never seen before. Most of those catches were on Sean Wade. It just made me feel bad for him just to see a see a kid Lose that much money, but I mean that's the game of football. That's sports. He'll still for you. get drafted, but I mean he'll won't... get drafted. But yeah, he went from being possibly a top ten pick, first round pick to maybe a day two pick at best.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and that's, that's a big, just, that's a big a drop of money. Right it's there. it's
0: a lot of money. That's the set. That's what I think about when I see kids that do that. Like a lot of other people are just like, "Oh, Sean Wade sucks. Who cares? You don't even think twice." But me, I've I've seen this kid in, in on draft boards for two years, and I've seen him now drop, and it's like, yep. wow, that is a lot of money, but. Yeah, we're not going to harp too much on the Ohio State game. I think that they were just – Alabama's the better team. And Ohio State didn't stand a chance. That's the end of the Justin Fields era in Columbus. It was a good ride. We had some fun. But
1: well, they got another five-star uh, quarterback coming yeah. in next year. So. Yeah, so
0: now we just, you know, wash rinse re- and repeat, re- so. refill the well, and we're going um, back
1: at it. Last Ohio State news, obviously the big one is Urban, Urban Meier, Meyer, coach of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Mister, I am retiring because of my health. Yep. But let's take on which time? Which time? Let's take on a bigger stress point and jump back into the NFL.
0: Yeah. Now I have the number one or overall pick the NFL, and a ton of pressure. And a heart Does condition. He take fields? Does he think? No, fields he's going he Trevor draft? Lawrence. He he even said before the season started, uh, during like his uh, shows that he did and all that shit, that he thought Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback in college and this and that. So I think it's a no brainer. He's going Trevor Lawrence. But again, with that being said, no matter the quarterback you take, it doesn't matter who you take with the number one overall pick, you're expected to turn it around. So Jacksonville's going to have a lot of pressure. Uh, Urban Meyer's going to be down there in sunny Florida. He's already coming out and saying that he's not going to be the coach that runs on the field and gets all crazy. So it kind of sounds like he's going to be a very timid, mellow guy. And with that, that kind of makes me think that he's coming in as just, this is a paycheck for Urban Meyer. Oh, he's getting paid. He he's,
1: I think his asking price is 12-some million a year. Yeah,
0: you get guaranteed contract money of 10-plus mil a year. All of it's guaranteed, regardless of how long you last. Uh Unless he retires, I'm not sure how that would work. If he if he if he quits because of his condition, his health condition, I'm, I'm assuming that voids the contract at that point.
1: That's his out, you know, and that. that is his
0: out. But like, I could also see him just saying, "Fuck it!" Like, coach poorly, lose games, get fired, yep. get that paycheck. Who gives I, a shit? I'm
1: more curious to see the type of offense he tries to install because anywhere he's coached, Utah, Bowling Green, Florida, Ohio State, it's been a, a run pass option offense. Yeah, you know, and I get it. NFL has run pass option now, but like it doesn't work. Doesn't work. It doesn't often. work all the time. So you need the right quarterback for it. Yeah. Now. Now, Trevor Lawrence does did run a run-pass offense in at Clemson. But he is
0: nowhere near the athletic guy to do
1: that in the NFL, Correct. in my opinion. Correct. So I'm really curious to see who he surrounds himself with. Mm-hmm. And he is good at and surrounding himself with really good talent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Coach-wise. Yeah, so yeah. I'm curious to see what happens. I, I still give it two years. That, that yeah, was at, good, at I most.
0: I don't years. think it's going to go well. I hate to say it. I like Urban Meyer, obviously. Buckeyes head coach. He's got a special place in our hearts. But I don't see this working out well. Uh, we talked about some other coaching vacancies getting filled uh, earlier. Nothing too exciting there. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all that once the season ends because we'll have a whole offseason to brush up on all that. So that's it for NFL Talk today. That's it for College Talk today. Really quick, we'll wrap up. Some trades happened in the NBA that actually involved the Cavs. For those of you that pay attention to the NBA, and I, it, it, apparently it doesn't seem like there's many that do, but... Uh, around the world anymore James Harden was disgruntled in Houston the NBA has a major problem with the talent the the players run the league you have James Harden holding out for basically no reason then he shows up looks a little out of shape he's openly disgruntled uh, wants out he's just demanding things he has a huge huge payday turns down big a, a contract extension from the Rockets eventually gets his wish gets traded Uh, You have a guy like Kyrie Irving who just kind of went ghost on the the Nets. Apparently, he hates Steve Nash. He doesn't like the Nets organization. He took like two weeks off. They're going to fine him almost $900,000. Just weird shit happens in the NBA where players just get away with whatever the fuck they want, pretty much. If you're talented, you can do whatever the hell you want. James Harden, MVP, Houston Rockets, face of the franchise, gets a little pissy, has to be traded. Kyrie Irving, a little irritated with the Nets. Goes ghost for a little bit, gets a nine hundred thousand dollar fine. He's just going to be welcomed back with
1: open arms. Pay your fine, and that's it. I I think that he needs to be done with the NBA. I, I agree. I'm a huge Kyrie fan for what he did for us. Um, obviously with, with winning the championship. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll never, uh, I'll never not he, thank he he lost him for his that. Fucking but mind, I mean, he's it's...
0: he's cuckoo. Like if I'm Steve Nash, how do you listen to the media talking about how Kyrie Irving Irving openly talks about how he doesn't want you as a coach? He is irritated with the organization for not including him in the coaching search. Cause he didn't want Steve Nash, all this other shit. He's he, he went missing for two weeks and they're just going to say, all right, pay your fine. Come on back. Like how do you as Steve Nash as a grown man, not, not bench him or, or suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team and and make a point of like, you don't act like that. You're a fucking adult. Mm-hmm. So it's just the NBA, the, the players run it. I guess that's just how it is. I, we're going to have to accept that. So James Harden demands a trade, gets traded to Brooklyn with MIA Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant and the Cavs actually got involved. The Cavs were able to get rid of a draft pick that probably would have been in the late twenties. So it meant nothing to us anyway. Right. And we got Jared Allen, the center from Brooklyn. And we got uh Tareen Prince, a small forward slash shooting guard from the Nets. both decent players. Jared Allen is getting a ton of praise. This trade, people are talking about how this, the Cavs got the steal of this draft by taking those players because uh, from what I've heard, the Cavs and Andre Drummond, who uh, I'll be sad when he goes because Andre Drummond is right now our, our best player.
1: He's putting he's putting full effort out there this yeah, year. Yeah, doing again, great. I can't watch the games because of the, my, the Hulu Live, but the st- I always look at like, the stats. I, I watch really. as much as I can. Like, I usually I, watch the stats afterwards, and when I'm looking at just stat lines and highlights, he's he's putting... Really I was like,
0: listening to the game last night at work, and I mean, obviously you saw he put up, what do you have, 30 and 20? Yeah. Uh, I got home right around the start of the fourth quarter, so I was able to watch the end of the game. The Cavs were able to come out, come away with the win, but... uh. But Andre Drummond on the floor right now because Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, uh, uh Delhi's not a good player, so I don't want to I don't want to act like Delhi not playing is a good player, but we're missing Windler, we're missing Delhi, we're missing Sexton, we're missing Garland, uh we're missing Kevin Porter Jr. I see As they in, had him on the he bench, was on the bench last so he's at night. least yeah. with the team. That's a good sign we were without Kevin Love still last night. So the Cavs are dealing with crazy injuries. Andre Drummond is is clearly not even close the best player on the floor for us. A lot of rumors say he's getting traded soon because the Cavs and his agent and him can't agree on a new contract. His is expiring at the end of the year. JaVale McGee, his backup, another guy who's really overperforming for us doing great. Same thing. Contract is expiring at the end of the year. He's in like his 15th year in the NBA, surprisingly. So we're not going to keep him. We're going youth. So we're going to trade him. So Jared Allen actually turns into a huge trade because now here's our new center. Right. We started the season with Drummond and McGee who have both played fantastic and we're now going to Jared Allen in within the next couple of weeks because I assume those two will be traded. Um, good trade bait, though. I mean, they're putting, For sure. I mean, we should get a pretty good haul for those two because you have, assuming a playoff team wants a big center that's going to give you 15, 20 rebounds a night and 10 points, at least Andre Drummond. JaVale McGee, great veteran role, off role the bench. Player. I mean, role player, 7-footer, going to come in, going to get his rebounds, going to block some shots you can't ask for more. So yeah, I think the Cavs could get a pretty decent return for those two. It's going to just Javale McGee. I'm okay with seeing go at his age and understanding where this team is going. Andre Drummond's only like 26. So he's still kind of young. It's not like he's some old fuck that like we want to trade Kevin Love and we can't because of his contract. Andre Drummond, I want to keep and we can't keep him because we can't get him under contract. So it's a shame. He'll probably go. But again, uh, pundits are raving that Jared Allen, Jared Allen is the, the greatest part of this trade. And the Cavs really came away winners.
1: Right. I'm curious to see what happens with them. I guess what you read, I read a couple things about them as well. Mm. And when I think in the trade happened, I, w- I didn't even know what the hell happened. You texted me the one day yeah. and said something about the Nets. Yeah. And I'm like, what, are, what the hell are you talking about? And I started looking into it. And that's when I asked him, like, tell me more about these people because I, yeah. I haven't had a chance. I, got a, I
0: it. got a text from a buddy that just said, oh, shit, Harden to the Nets. And I was like, what? So I had to see. What did they give up? Obviously, you're getting James Harden. You had to have given up a ton. And they did. I mean, they gave up like... A shit ton of draft picks. Victor Oladipo ends up in Houston. It was a three-team trade. Team we trade. back a future second-round pick, right? Yeah, we got a second round, which, I mean, they don't mean anything yeah. in the NBA, to be honest. So, um, yeah, Victor Oladipo ends up in Houston. James Harden ends up in Brooklyn. A shitload of draft picks end up in Houston. And Jared Allen and Tareen Prince end up in Cleveland. So, Big trade, huge shit, Cavs moving forward. Another thing I'm thinking about, and I don't want to dwell on this much because, I mean, they won yesterday,
1: so people are, I'm sure, are going to tell me that I'm crazy. I think the Cavs are tanking. I keep seeing you tweet stuff like that, or, yeah, I think tweet. And, and tw- what, why do you think that? And what do you think they're tanking for?
0: Well, because I think they're tanking because the NBA, we're, we've had some decent drafts. Uh, we're building. That's how you do it in the NBA. When you have a small market team, you're not going to get free agents. You have to build through the draft. And I think Colin Sexton came out and started playing at a, no lie, an all-star level. I won't say MVP. He was playing at an all-star level. He was the number one scorer in basketball. He was like averaging almost 30 points a game. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was early. So I'm not, I'm not crowning him yet, but he was playing great. Darius Garland was playing. Okay. Um, Kevin Love came back. We won a couple games. All of a sudden, Kevin Love goes back on the IR. That one, understandable. Kevin Love's always hurt. Yep. Delhi got a concussion in the beginning of the season. A lot of people, I saw Sam Amico tweet this the other day. He said, for some reason, I've got this weird feeling that Deli's not going to suit up this year. And I find that hard to believe that a concussion would cost the guy an entire NBA season. Right. So it kind
1: of makes me think there's more to it. They're just not playing him well, for some reason. I saw reason. someone say something along the lines of that, but a Kevin Love, that they don't think Kevin Love's going to play the rest of the year too. I thought, what I saw from him was just he had like a calf strain and they said it maybe a month. But but they're saying but that, I could see that yeah. But what they're saying is that at the end of that time he's he's supposed to be out something else will yeah. extend it extend it and extend yeah. it and that he doesn't play the rest of the year.
0: Windler uh, broke his wrist so that's a legit injury. Yeah. Sexton kind of fucked up his ankle but he missed a couple games. He was supposed to play on Monday night. They benched him. He warmed up everything and then they said yeah he wasn't feeling great so he didn't play. Tuesday comes along they're like all right he missed last night he's probably gonna be okay tonight didn't play. Now we go to Friday. You think, okay, if he was almost going to play Monday, he's got to play Friday. Still didn't play. Uh okay, Darius so Garland's the been out for now. some mystery injuries. Uh yesterday. The other reason that really solidified it for me, listening to the game on my drive home, Cavs had a 12 point lead in the third quarter. All of a sudden, a couple turnovers, a couple this and that. They benched Andre Drummond. I I didn't I should have started with that. We had a twelve point lead, Andre Drummond, as we said, had thirty and twenty dominating last night against the Knicks. He he gets on the bench to get some rest. Totally understandable. Third quarter's winding down. The Knicks start chipping away at the lead. All of a sudden, it's an eight point lead. Still on the bench. Understood. Six point lead. Still on the bench. Kind of understood. All of a sudden, they tied the fucking game up. Andre Drummond still on the bench. And I'm going, what the fuck is JB Bickerstaff doing? You would think the minute they cut that lead to six, I'm going, okay, get back out there. We need to just, we need to kill momentum. Didn't bring him back in. Just let the Knicks come and tie it up, and that's when I'm like, you—you you can't convince me they're not trying to tank at this point. Jeez, I mean, we ended up winning, so again, maybe I look like an idiot. next but... year's draft class, like, I mean, who? That's what I tweeted. I, I tweeted that to people because I said I don't really watch college basketball that much, and with with the foreign players that get drafted early that I don't even know about, like, I don't really focus on college on NBA drafts this early. Um, but that's what I said. I said who were who's coming out next year that the Cavs could be possibly doing this for? Like, yeah. what's their end game? Because it's just to me, it's fishy. You had again. Uh, Colin Sexton was playing like an MVP, not MVP, but like an all-star, like he was going to be the next big thing. The Cavs were possibly going to maybe play for like the seven seed. Like right. they looked legit kind right. of. And now all of a sudden those guys aren't playing anymore. We're playing with guys, Yogi Ferrell. We signed <laughs> him to a 10 day contract and the dude played fucking like 30 minutes the other night. Like all these guys are coming in off the street because the Cavs have no one playing right now. And it's like, Hmm. I, uh, maybe we just have the worst injury luck in sports, apparently. Or there's something, or there's something going, going on behind the scenes. That's and interesting.
1: That, and I didn't have time to look at that. That's, that's
0: kind of how I've been feeling about it. Hmm. Like, again, I, I probably wouldn't have thought this way if Colin Sexton wasn't a last-minute scratch on Monday. So he was, like I said, this close to playing. And they're like, we'll give it a little more time. It's been almost a week now, and he still wow. hasn't played. So it's like there's something to that.
1: Wow, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. But, I mean, I don't I don't know. I haven't watched college basketball much this year. I don't know who's coming out. I don't know. Yeah, I, the I don't names, watch it. So, I mean, that would suck if that's what they're doing. But I
0: mean, at one point, we were like 4-2, and two, which, you know, it's early. Well, we, don't we get me wrong. we all
1: jokes that we were the like, number now one. Now we're 6-7, I think, our record is. we lost like, the last, what, 9 or 8 of the last 10? Something six like 6 of the last 8 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah something like that.
0: Like, yeah, it's just... I don't know. It just got me. I I think it's more so it could just be me being a fan and just being pissed that the Cavs are losing. Maybe I don't really accept that they're just actually hurt and the Cavs don't. I mean, with all these injuries, the Cavs shouldn't win. So I'm not mad about them losing games without these guys playing. It's just I want to know the reason. And then the other big one, I didn't even mention him yet, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, we talked about it last time. Yeah, he had his off-season issues with the law and, and this and that. And he's just been MIA. The Cavs won't even tell us where he is. They heard you
1: because that's why they. brought yeah, now him back he's on the bench. bench.
0: But it's like, why isn't he playing? He's a talent. He's not hurt. He had some some legal issues that, from what I saw, have been resolved. Nothing to worry about. And he's still somewhat being punished by the Cavaliers. Is right. this a punishment? If they're if they're punishing him by not playing him, tell us. That's fine. I understand. Don't leave us in the dark when you have this guy that has a questionable background with with you know possibly mental health issues with with trouble with the law. And he's just nowhere to be seen, and you're not speaking on it. Right. That's not a good look. Right. That makes people wonder what the fuck's going on. I tweeted that the other day at Sam Amico, actually. I said, where's Kevin Porter Jr.? Like, why aren't the Cavs talking about this? And random people just started texting or tweeting me back, and they, they saw too. They're like... That's a really good question. Like, the Cavs need to address this. And yeah. the one guy's like, I'm worried he's maybe in rehab. Like, what's going on? The Cavs aren't telling us anything. And that's like, that's the shit that happens with fans. They start to make up these stories and start to wonder. And some Their of those mind conspiracy wanders. theories get some of it. Some of it, exactly. Go. Some people might start saying Kevin Porter Jr. was in rehab for cocaine and heroin. And all of a sudden people are going to be like, where the fuck did that come from? Twitter. That's how the shit starts. Come out, nip it in the bud, tell us where he is, why he isn't playing. And then we can move on. Same thing with, like, Sexton and Garland. How are you about to play an NBA game, and then you still can't play a week later? What got re-aggravated? Really, really it's really, it's it's keeping me up at night. Yeah, I'm pissed. I, I love the Cavs. That's why I love until four last night. I love Cleveland that? sports. Yeah. I want sense. them to win at all costs. I want to know why they're not playing. I like watching Colin Sexton play basketball. I'm not the biggest Darius Garland fan, so him not playing, eh, whatever, doesn't really bother me that much. But Colin Sexton is just that that that, that one to me is like we we started off way too well. And the Cavs were like, whoa, back that up. Right. So they're like, you're, you're going to sit out for a few weeks.
1: I think what sucks is the fact that we you look at the the team in whole, and if they were all healthy, we have a pretty decent team. Absolutely. We I had, think we have a team that can compete. That we have, even... I
0: mean, you have guys like uh, uh, Damian Dotson, who I'd never really even heard of. Right. He's been bounced around the NBA a little bit, comes to the Cavs, playing great. I mean, this is a guy that like most people don't even know. He's far from a household name, and he's been playing really well. Then you have another guy, Dean Wade, uh Dwayne Wade's brother, the white guy. Yeah. Uh he, yeah. Uh, the
1: guy who said, I hope he has, has a better career, yeah, career Dwayne than Dwayne Wade did.
0: tweeted that. He's like, I hope he has a better career in Cleveland. That was awesome. <laughs> but uh but you have a guy like Dean Wade, again, not a household name. He's just a role player off the bench. But he most, does well when he's Most teams probably would never even touch the floor. Plays for the Cavaliers, get some good minutes, strong minutes, plays well, contributes. So you have this this core and this this
1: team with players with heart. And your your most of your starters aren't even playing anymore maybe that's the reason maybe they're really doing this to really build their no-name it's a, core. It's a showcase of yeah, the other guys. build a no-name core up to get confidence uh, you and then know you what? bring all the starters. Now you have a, sol- a solid team from 1 through 12.
0: Oh, that... I didn't realize I'm I'm doing a show with uh, Sherlock Holmes because you cracked <laughs> the case, I think. I think you solved <laughs> that, it. That is
1: exactly what they're doing. Makes we got sense it. to me. You heard it first here Makes on, the, on, on the podcast. They're building the core, getting the confidence. After the All-Star, all the starters are back and then they're going to run the it's, table. It's championship Championship City. Okay, or nothing. I get it.
0: I get it. I like that. <laughs> I wish that were the case, but I highly <laughs> doubt it. So, yeah, the Cavs are making me question some things right now. Uh, no news on the Indians' front. Um, they obviously traded Lindor last week. We talked about that. They haven't done anything else. Familiar face with Cleveland, Corey Kluber, signed with the Yankees yesterday. Um, part of me wants to I thought to be, he was
1: going with the Mets. I really did. I saw the top. Part of
0: me wants to be mad that he went to the Yankees, but at the same time, I read that... Uh, when he was like working out for for teams to show off, like that he's healthy, his uh, his fastball was like ba- maybe maxing out at ninety. Oof! And that kind of he was never known for for heat, but still a ninety mile an hour yeah, fastball his max.
1: Seam, his two seam, which he's famous for, was still like ninety four. Yeah. He's 95. all about
0: movement, sure, but yeah, yeah the your 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 four seam fastball, you're you're maxing out at, at 89, 90 miles an hour. They said that's not good. He's especially in New York, where you're playing in basically a softball field. You're going to play obviously half your games in that little stadium and you're throwing 90 miles an hour. I, I don't expect Corey Kluber to, to do very well in New York if he even survives the season because obviously he's had trouble staying healthy for the last few years. So it was bittersweet when we traded him to Texas last year, but then he went to Texas, didn't do a whole lot, Play you know was hurt, got hurt the very first start of the year. Uh, now he's with the Yankees, so... Again, it's, it's, it's tough because part of me, you know, fuck the Yankees. I don't ever want to see him there. But at the same time, he's kind of washed up, so I don't really feel that bad about it. I don't think Corey Kluber's ever going to, you know, stand in the way of the Indians championship. So that's where I can kind of sleep a little more peaceful at night. Right. It's
1: going to be um, Interesting. And I saw they just reworked the account. They signed that guy at the Yankees. Oh, DJ LeMahieu. Some six, what six for ninety or something? Yeah, like Yeah, which is a pretty good deal for them. I mean, yeah. he's a good hitter. He's so. a great hitter. Yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, you got money. Guess what happens? You got exactly. money. You can throw the money around.
0: Throw it around to whoever the fuck you want. <sighs> they gave DJ LeMahieu 90, 90 million, and we couldn't keep. Uh, uh, we we can't keep Francisco Lindor in Cleveland, the greatest player arguably to ever put on an Indians uniform. I'm still not over that. I'm going to miss him so much. Um, that's all I got. Uh, go Browns
1: playoffs um, little yeah go browns side note uh betty white's birthday's tomorrow 99 years old that old Hag is still kicking that's crazy i thought COVID would have got her not gonna lie well, i mean she was smart from what it said she just stays Bubble home wrapped. she's quarantined yeah, yeah she doesn't do anything so She's like a national I mean, treasure
0: at this even point. Even before COVID, I'm shocked she made it this long. So just with general life and see her, body like, wear you see and tear, her trending on Twitter sometimes. She Every time like, Shit, she's dead. anytime I see a picture of Betty White she, on Facebook, dead. I
1: just think, oh, this is the article. She she kicked it. Talk <laughs> about a bigger like thing if she when she does die. There's gonna be a. Big... It's see it's it's weird because. She's fucking ninety
0: nine years old. What do you? What else do you do at ninety nine other than die? That's like literally the next step for your news article for a ninety nine year old. So it's like, yeah, it's gonna Let's be. Let's get her to
1: a hundred. And she, she, she hasn't do done anything
0: really recently. Like it's no. been years. She maybe was in a commercial or two over the last couple of years.
1: I think she's. The last time I think I saw her was during a, uh, Snickers commercial. Super Bowl. Yeah. like two or like three years two ago. Two or three
0: years ago. So she yeah. hasn't really done much. And then. Yeah, she's, she's just,
1: just. But she's now just that person. Who she is like, like don't get it's all great. All these people die every year, and the one they're like, oh, well, why is she's Betty White. always?
0: People are probably picking her in Deadpool's every year. Yeah, like and this is it. Deadpool I'm going to get it. Deadpool survivor every never single year. Never makes She actually, fun fact, she is Deadpool. She can't die. That's no one knows that. <laughs> we don't know that yet. <laughs> she's not wrinkled. Those are actually burn scars. She can't be killed. Just and like she's Deadpool. actually a secret mercenary that yep. goes out and kills people. Her real name is Wade Wilson. It's not Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i got nothing else though i'm just gonna yeah be that's upsetting. it for me i can't wait to watch football today
0: go browns um, never thought we'd be able to do a uh playoff browns podcast and talk about them still in week two of the playoffs so i did not second, see this coming so the
1: second you're doing this podcast maybe it's because we started a podcast yeah know.
0: that could be it because last year didn't work out well with, new. with the browns but you know i fired some people shit got happens
1: little, we got a little cocky last year so yeah big backfired. time <laughs> it's safe to
0: say i, I re that video weekly to kind of humble myself
1: <laughs> best video ever
0: it was pretty good all right, guys. Uh, yeah, go Browns. We'll uh, talk to you again, maybe next week if we win. I guess we're gonna have to record next Saturday yeah, if, if this if keeps we working.
1: Keep the super If we win, we'll be here next Saturday. Again. If they
0: lose, I probably won't want to talk about Browns football for a while. So take a break have... for a little yeah. bit. that's why I'm not a professional. I don't. I don't. I don't get paid for this. I don't want to wake up the next morning and have to talk about a loss. Fuck that. I need time. I need to mourn. So yeah, go Browns. Hope for the best. Uh, you know, let's blow Patrick Mahomes' knee out, I guess. First thing, that's pretty much the only way. Last week, it started with the, the the snap into the end zone. This week has to start with Patrick Mahomes breaking his knee. That's kind of the only way we can win this yeah, game. Yeah,
1: or, you know, concussion. Not yeah, I'll out. take that. Yeah, just blindside He concussion. can't play tomorrow. That's yeah. that's it. I hope I hope uh, Tyreek Hill like pulls a hammy running down the sidelines, burning Ward or something like that. Yeah,
0: I hope I hope the Cleveland Browns took a jar of of air from each player and mailed it to Holmes to open up. So maybe he got COVID. I don't know if that's a way to transmit it, but I hope that happened. Got to so, think outside the box so, here. We were giving it to everybody in Berea. Let's pass it on to Kansas <laughs> City. Who knows? All right, guys, that's gonna do it though. All right, guys, later. Later.